Hey, everybody, on this episode of Box Office Breakdown, it was going to be a long shot if a film was going to intrude upon Avengers Endgame. Folks, it was a ugly doll of a weekend at the box office for any other film other than Avengers Endgame. We'll break it all down next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's popcorn you asked Amy, I delivered. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome. That you did. Oh, God. Good job. That Please. was great. Thanks, really, Thanks really, everybody. Really good. You know, Amy challenged me, and mm-hmm. I had to step my game up. You did. Thank you for keeping yeah. me honest. You're welcome. There you go. Always. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to Box Office Breakdown. This is the show where we look back at the box office that was, and then we... Parag. Parnas. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> Yes. That was different. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. About the box office at Lie Ed. I'm Frank that. Moran. What's up? Carrie Lane here. I'm Amy Cassandra Martinez. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up, or two, or three, or four, however many you can get there. And Carrie, uh, if they're watching after we stream live and they can't hop in the chat, what can they do? Yes, you can watch down, well, watch and comment down below. <laughs> and we do have a live chat going. So welcome everybody who's watching live. So, folks, we'll be breaking down this and weekend's box. Too. Oh, yeah, listening, yes. watching, uh, just reading. All the things. Reading all, you Taking know, the transcripts. In. Yes. Yep. 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 E- email Amy Cassandra Martinez uh, for the transcript of this episode. She'll mm-hmm. get it right out to you. Uh huh. Eventually. Uh, totally. <laughs> eventually, yes. <laughs> so, transcribing, break- <laughs> it's easier than editing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we will be doing a uh, look back at this weekend's box office. We'll talk about a little some uh, box office numbers and news. We'll uh, also do at the end of the episode uh, another box office breakdown. And then. I feel like, you know, we, we had a really good zone last week where we got the Avengers Endgame. We're going to do spoiler uh, some more, a spoiler take of Avengers Endgame for stuff that we didn't get to talk to or talk about last week. But also, I'll be doing a, a spoiler little review for The Long Shot, nice. the film that I saw. Yay! So, folks, if you're interested in either of those films, we'll make sure you give plenty of indication if you want to stick around for the spoilers. But if you want to hop out you still haven't seen Avengers Endgame, do it soon. The social media embargo for spoilers lifts Monday. So... Hurry up if you don't want to be spoiled. But mm-hmm. we'll give you plenty of indication you can hop out before the end of the episode and not get any spoilers for either The Long Shot or Adventures Endgame. All right. But folks, diving right into it, guys, uh, number one again, Avengers what? Endgame. No Holy cow. way. I can't believe it. Who would have thought? You, you know, know. Two weeks in a row. It really was a long shot. Uh, hey. <laughs> Another $145.8 million. The little movie Just a little that bit. could. That's right? true. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was on uh, as of Thursday. It took over Jurassic World, and uh, now it's crossed in what uh, what took Avatar forty seven days to make it to two billion. Uh, Avengers Endgame did it in eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And so now it's the second highest grossing movie of all time. Yes, and I think there is zero doubt that it will pass Avatar. Yeah, I think it'll happen by the end of the month. Do you guys? Well, I, if you saw Amy's tweets, you know, you said you want to tweet that info out instead of keeping that hot content exclusive I mean, to here. Guys, I just want to share this knowledge with everyone <laughs> and I want to put it on as many platforms as possible so yeah. that when it happens, it's like Amy called it. Okay, cool. I just want credit where it's due. Yeah, sure. All right. Do you guys think it will happen? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it will because, I mean, it's. It's got to happen this month because once we start getting a little bit further into the summer season, there's going to be more films that are going to be vying for those screens. So they will lose a lot of this. I mean, I think the biggest one that uh, will be John Wick. I'll be curious to see how that does really? next week. Oh, I mean, well, not soon yet, but Men in Black, the next one of those. That's I, also a third. Yeah. That's I a fourth. Mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, so even more than the, John Wick is three. Yeah, I don't know uh, how Men in Black International will do. There's yeah. the, the buzz hasn't been so great. Uh, but that's a fun one too. It has two people from uh, Marvel series, and Very then true. Avatar and Marvel series has an actor that's in both as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> got one who she she uh, got those residuals going. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Zoe Saldana. Yes. In case, yeah. In case you didn't know. In case, hello. Spoiler. It Not is really. only the number one and number two film of all time, so yeah. you know you should know yeah. who these people are. In I wonder, films. like, I wonder how she's feeling right now. She's like, eh, I'm doing pretty well in my life, right? Yeah, it's like no big. Which yeah. one, if you were to ask Zoe Saldana, would she be more excited about having as the number one film of all time? Uh, Avatar or Avengers Endgame? Well, let's bring her in. No. Okay, <laughs> get out of here. Um, I think. She probably likes her character for Avatar, but the journey for the Marvel franchise is probably more for Gamora. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I mean, there's like a super nerdiness to Marvel that Avatar, you know, there's not like 22 movies to it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I will be very curious when they start pumping out these Avatar films what the interest will be like, especially even just for the next Avatar film, let alone for the, you know, fifth one in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if it does kind of re- uh, meet these same numbers or even close mm-hmm. to what these done, I'll be curious if the appetite is still there. Is is your appetite for Avatar still there? It honestly isn't. I wasn't that impressed with the first film. Yeah. So it's like I'm not screaming out for a second I'm one. I'm excited. How excited? Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, oh. I had to think about it. I don't know. Uh, not like freaking out excited, but like, oh, I'm going to go. Like opening Yeah, yeah probably go opening. Mm, generally, that's a Friday, so I'd have work. So opening day. Day? <laughs> Before work. Yeah. All right. Now, it has been Maybe. so long since the first film. Would you go back and watch it before you went and saw the second one? Or would you say, like, nope, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to waste time. I'm um, just going to go right into the second. See what friend hasn't seen it. I'm like, wait, we should go watch it. <laughs> huh. Frank, the chat wants to know if you're okay. Oh, or like you sound it, you got that sultry voice going on right now. It's That's for right. us, guys. Hello. That's right, guys. I'm doing a little something sexy. Yes! Yes! All right, everybody. We're you should start singing. <laughs> You'll <laughs> never find. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, great. Man. More of that. Uh, Amy, uh, yes. are you excited on a no. scale of 1 to 10 for Avatar? No. I love it. There yeah. you go. But I love Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I guess until I see a trailer. Yeah, you know, I mean, that too. You start hearing just the like, hey, they're in You mean see another Ferngully? I'm sorry, what? Oh, 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 oh. there you go. Uh, but we'll see what happens when the Avatar stuff starts coming out. Yeah. yeah. All right. In the meantime. And we'll still be here. Yeah. So breaking down those box office numbers. Just for you guys. That's right. Uh, coming at number two was The Intruder with uh, Dennis Quaid making good. Uh, Michael Ely. That made, came out from Scream Gens. $11 million. Surprising. I really thought the long shot was going to come in second. I I was surprised that the intruder was the one that did it. Me too. I was like, which one did we vote on again? Long, long shot. shot. Um, so I don't think we think. I think we put it for second. You know, I don't even remember. I don't remember our numbers, which we'll get to it in a moment. Uh, yes, I I went read one review and it was very positive about the film. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, but the then intruder? I guess. Yeah, but then I guess more reviews. I was told by somebody else, like, mm, no, it's not that good. So, mm-hmm. but I'm still kind of curious. I heard Dennis Quaid is just just chews up that scenery. I just again like last time of we've seen the home invasion story. They need to bring something new to the table. Otherwise, it's like, eh, mm-hmm. why? Why do I care about this one? Is it's it better like, than Pacific Heights? 
I don't think I saw that one. I'm not, the home invasion storyline is not that exciting for me. Of like, that really happens. Like, why do I want, I, I like movies of things that aren't necessarily what happens normally or like uh, history you don't know about or something, if that's real. Okay. Um, like in, in the real category. Um, but home invasion, it's like, mm. all right. Uh, coming to number three, The Long Shot with Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron. Again, we'll be doing our spoiler filled review at the end of the episode. That made 10 point, a little over $10 million this weekend. Uh, number four is Ugly Dolls from STX, $8.5 million. Uh, I think under, definitely underperformed given the amount of screen size that it had. It was over, what, 3,600 3, screens. Well, and they also really, I mean, they I think they did a pretty good job with advertising. Because, I, I mean, I kept seeing things with mm-hmm. Ugly Dolls on Twitter. There was that whole thing where it's like, let's turn you into an Ugly Doll. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but that was we, nice, but I was never like... Did it make you oh, go to the movies? No. Yeah. Well, no. Was there anything that you saw that was like made you think like, oh, maybe, you know, not this weekend, but at least sometime I'll be excited to go see this film in theater? In theater? No. 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 You're going to let this come to you? Will you even yeah. let it come to you? Or are you going to always be like, yeah, no? Later. I might just be like, I like uh, animation. Thanks, but <laughs> no thanks. I don't know. Maybe. If. No. No. Well, I mean, I have multiple ugly dolls at home. And what? still was not enough to. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. they're real. Yes, they're yeah. real dolls. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Discovered that last weekend when you said yes. that. Yes. So multiple, but I still was not enough for me to go like, I got to go check this out. Uh, for Longshot, uh, we have somebody in the chat. Jenna James pointed out, loved Longshot. That uh, way too funny. Okay. okay. No, please chat in and leave comments. If you've yes. seen the movies we're talking about, please comment <coughs> down below. Because, I mean, uh, you know. It's not just our show. It's your show yeah. as well, folks. What did you our see? Show. Yes. Uh, coming in and running out our top five, Captain Marvel still staying strong, riding that Avengers Endgame wave, made another four point seven million dollars. So Correct. right now, at least domestically, at under a little over four hundred twenty million dollars. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So now, of course, the long shot was the film that we did our last week's box office bet on. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it certainly was. Mm-hmm. And I know Amy was very, very scared. Yeah, about I don't this like box office bet. No, I understand. I understand. So again, the uh, uh, <laughs> ooh, yes. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I I ate it big time, which is why I went and saw it because I was like, mm, yeah, this is not going to go my way. I knew that very early this weekend. I went uh, high at twenty four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Carrie is twenty three. Marie at seventeen. High. Neil at eleven. And then our lovely and talented Amy Cassandra Martinez, ten million. Good job. Jeez, almost right almost on the right dot. Yeah. I should get like a special prize. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, prize? Yeah. You don't have to see it. I mean, I would like to. That's the question. Did you like it though? That's why you're gonna have to wait until the end of the movie. Oh. By the end of the show. I had someone I follow on Twitter. They commented how they enjoyed it a lot, though. So hmm. I was, I'm remotely curious of on that one. I'm like, maybe. I'm more excited to, to talk about just the romantic comedy genre. Yes. With I'm Amy Cassandra Martinez. I want to hear your opinions, and then when I see it, I'll be like, huh. Yes, I want to hear that conversation, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, international numbers, real quick. Uh, with an estimated $2.18 million globally through Sunday, uh, Avengers Endgame has sailed past that time to become the number two movie ever worldwide. The same goes for overseas, where Endgame is now also number two, with a running total of $1.569 billion. That's after grossing another $282 million at the international box office in its second week. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, basically, uh, as we're talking about uh, both globally and offshore, it is Endgame's only uh, 
but behind Avatar. That is it. Look at this that. Is just, it's so cool. So much money so <laughs> fast. Uh, so basically, uh, it passed the $2 billion mark, becoming only the fifth movie ever to hit that lofty benchmark and Disney's third. So that's impressive. And the 22nd Marvel Cinematic Universe film is now the fastest ever to that milestone in just 11 days. So look at that. The little film that could, as you said. That's right. <laughs> I know, and a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about the whole spoiler ban lifting on Monday, because some people are like, you know, it should have already been lifted, it's been two weeks now, um, but other people are like, you know, it's actually been really hard to go and see it, because the theaters have been full. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to go see it again, I think it was Tuesday, and yeah, there were was, there was some uh, times, some theaters that were full, but I mean, it not everyone has a luxury to be able to go during the week. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and if you still haven't seen it, just kind of tread lightly starting tomorrow. Pretty much don't be on the internet. Yeah. No, I mean, certainly the reason that they're lifting it is that the speculation is the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer will be coming out tomorrow. I know. Is, yeah. I'm so excited. Yes, which is going to, the trailer itself will have some spoilers about Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, that's and a good point. I which heard, we like, talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like they're really going to address the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm, the future. Yes. <laughs> no. uh, now, one area where uh, Endgame has already overtaken Avatar is in the international IMAX department. Uh, it is now uh, $120.8 million, topping uh, uh, Avatar to become IMAX's biggest overseas release ever. Wow. Yeah, look at that. And That's in other amazing. milestones, Endgame's, uh, Endgame is within a day of generating over $1 billion in 3D tickets. Hmm. It is the quickest to that mark and only the third title in history to get there after Avatar and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Whoa. To date, uh, about 45% of the film's global total is from 3D. Did you guys see it in 3D or was it... No. Nah, I, <sighs> I'm generally not a fan of seeing them in 3D. It gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. And they just generally don't look right. The edges look weird, and they always look a little darker. Yeah, like when you when you look off and you see that the scre- screen is so much brighter without the glasses on. You're like, mm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, if you're wearing glasses that day, it's annoying. Like if you have if you can wear contacts, you know, then sure. But if like if you're wearing glasses, I've done it where I've gone. I'm like, ugh, that's just annoying. Mm. If if there had been no other screenings available and it was mm. only 3D's, my only option, I would have done it. Okay. But I, it would never be my first choice. Yeah. Yeah. You? I love 3D. I'm really? Game, yeah, I love any kind of I mean, movie what you, experience. I, well, it's just like, I mean, it, it, this goes back to Avatar. When that was yeah. being, uh, Jim Cameron was ta- touting it. I call him Jim because we're close. Uh, yeah, James. Sure. People call him James. Yeah, yeah. I call him Jim. Jimmy yeah. boy. He was touting it as like, you know, if, you know this is revolutionizing 3D uh, mm. films in the theater. So you got to see this. And I saw it and I was like, meh, whatever. What is it about 3D that sucks you in? So I I have no problems as it is just like immersing myself in the movie, film, whatever within minutes. But there's something about 3D that even, you know, if you have like a, you know, if you go on a ride and it's like an immersive mm-hmm. experience, you put on the glasses, I'm already there, which actually makes rides way more terrifying for me. So, and like the whole VR experience. So I think that just, it makes me feel there. Like, even more so than a regular movie would. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's up to every single person. I used to wear glasses, and I'm not sure if I saw any movies in 3D when I did have glasses. Or if I would just take them off because I was nearsighted. Um, So, not not sure. Um, I don't know. 
I, I like the idea of it. I was going to go see it in 3D the second time around, um, but I didn't. So I, I do love Brie. Uh, <laughs> Brie and the Booth are uh, lovely and talented uh, engineer slash producer. She is unable to speak to us through the mic, so she's doing it through the power of text. Mm-hmm. And said, 3D, not for her, only worth it if it's interactive like at Disneyland. Like- uh, chat's kind of mixed on it. We have a few people saying they saw Jenna James... Saw in 3D the first time, IMAX the second time, Philly mm-hmm. Prince, 3D was fine for me, wasn't too much jerkiness. Because it's the other thing, too, because it can feel very, it, not very smooth, so it's good to know. Uh, and then uh, Neela J says, I hate 3D, lol. And uh, Jonathan Proctor says, the 3D was okay, but it isn't an amazing example of 3D film. Mm-hmm. So fair. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 3D... Mm, is always changing, like three movies. They're getting better, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so I'm curious to see like what it'll be like in five years, you know, because even five years ago, I don't think they were that great. And if some people film it a certain way mm-hmm. so that it's meant to be like that, yeah. then what? Really? Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious, because I feel like... You don't think five years ago was... I looked five years ago. Like, compare Avatar to this. I mean... So yeah. Avatar and IMAX. I, I think IMAX is a very different experience, having your screen so big. But yeah. depending on where you sit, though... Once you see the edges, that kind of ruins it. Like, if you're middle, middle, like theme parks, you know, if you don't see the edges of that screen, it really makes you feel immersed in it. Well, when I saw Endgame, the only time I've seen it so far, it was IMAX, but we had really good seats. Uh, But I could see the edges because it was, like, it was really, really good, but it wasn't like, I'm up in there, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I'm fighting Thanos, too. have you guys done... um, Four four D experience. I not not in like a legit movie theater. Like the movie, some movie theaters have it. I saw the last Star Trek with that because it was like a special pass thing we got. It was actually pretty fun because like your chair tilted a little bit with the space outer space bits, and then there's parts where like it would move and then it stopped, and it kind of gave you that weightlessness for like a second, and that was actually really cool. Would I pay for that normally? No, but was it cool once? Sure. I know someone that saw Endgame in 4D. That'd be fun. And they had a blast. Do we so like I the... Like to try it. I, I think this is a good question. Yusuf says, is 3D supposed to... Be, oh, um, asking about, is it supposed to be like the objects coming at you? I, I think the gags from the old 3D movies were more like the objects coming at you. Now it just literally has that feeling of depth. Yeah. Like you're there. Yeah. I think the... Coming objects coming at you only works for comedies. Now, if we did, if that happened in Endgame, I'd be like, it would take me out of it. I'd be like, okay. No. What if they? What if Cap mm-hmm. had thrown the hammer right at you? No, then it's, then it's more like the. Amy would have ducked for sure. She would have ducked. <laughs> Spoiler. You would have. You would have been like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I said a name, didn't I? I should have said Thor. But Thor. It's Thor, okay. Thor threw yeah. something, yeah. guys. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I'm totally in there, so if anyone would have thrown anything, I would have been like, ah! Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I'm pretty much... hmm Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, we did our uh, last week's box office bet on the long shot. But don't worry, folks. We always do another box office bet. Mm-hmm. I give Amy Cassandra Martinez a chance to freak out once again. I thought you were going to say keep winning. Well, I guess that's true, too. Mm. I know it won't be me. But we have uh, four films buying for your box office bet vote. Feel free to start uh, voting away in the chat. We've got The Hustle from United Artists, oh, 2,750 yeah. screens. Pokemon, Detective Pikachu from Warner Brothers on 4,100 plus screens. Holy moly. 
mm-hmm. this one. Palms uh, from STX on 2,700-plus screens. And then Tolkien from Fox Searchlight on 1,300 screens. There you go. I've heard of all of them except the last one. Tolkien? I've heard of all of them, but I'm like, which one was The Hustle? I'm blank. Tolkien's the... Uh, from... No, The Hustle. Oh, The Hustle. That's the one with uh, Rebel yeah. Wilson and Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Yes, kind of okay, the, I've heard about all of them. The re- uh, redo of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, yeah. but with women. Mm. Yes, so start telling me away on which ones you would like, uh, which film you would like us to do our uh, next week's box office bet, which we'll be doing towards the end of the episode. Uh, but before we get into that, as well as projecting our uh, next week's top five, we're going to do a little box office rewind. Mm-hmm. Of somebody that's going to be one of these upcoming films. And, you know, holy cow, to, to know him is to love him. Why don't we talk about Mr. Ryan Reynolds? Yes! He's the highest paid actor right now. Look at him there, go. There was a thing on that. It was him. And then next up is Dwayne The Rock Johnson and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, so we're going to do Ryan Reynolds' uh, top five opening box office films, excluding his two Deadpool films. Because those ones are already... We already know those ones are uh, big. Fair. Yes. So this is his top five opening weekend box office films. Uh, coming in at number five, The Amityville Horror from 2005. That made $23.5 million. Did you see it, Carrie? I've seen the original one. I have not seen his remake. He's got a great beard in this one. <laughs> I feel like I saw this one. I feel that sells it. That's it? No. A great beard. Um, great beard. He, he actually did surprisingly well. Where I was like, I could use some more scary Ryan Reynolds. That's where I first met Ryan Reynolds. What? Yeah. There you go. Hmm? What? What? I, I, She's came, like, what? He came in and wrote, I wrote stand-ups for him. And uh, he came in and he did them. Okay. You're welcome. We're going to need more explanation on that after right. the show. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. That sounds great, though. <laughs> That's yours. It's, it's certainly super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, number, number four, The Proposal from Buena Vista, uh, 2009, $33.6 yes. million. I mean, come right? on. That's I've a good example. What? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Betty White, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, What's Not to Love? I don't know. It's a good example of a well-made rom-com. It is so good, Frank. You mm. need to see it. Mm-hmm. Better than anything that Reese Witherspoon has done? What? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm never gonna. I'm never Oof. not going to ask you that question. That was, that was almost like two years ago. I just want to... Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's um, you know, it's up there. It's up there. Okay. Reese might be like, oh. No. She's a little scared. Okay. All right. Mm. So you should see it. Okay. This is what I'm trying to say. It's All good. Right. By next week. Uh, coming in at number three, Safe House. Back from Universal 2012, $40.1 million. I don't think I saw this one. Isn't the one with the... Uh, it's not the Hitman's Bodyguard. That's him and Sam Jackson. This is... I did like that one. Um, which I think came in at number, at number six for him. So just, okay. oh, just like, missed yeah. the top five. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember... I know I've seen this film. I just can't... It's not coming to mind. Speaking of bearded and not on the list, Mark Ballum in the chat says, Bearded Ryan was in Blade 3. Hot damn. I know that was uh, that was number uh, seven on the list. I I did want to talk about Blade Trinity because that's a disappointing film. No, it, oh, it's good. I liked it. Mm, I <laughs> well, it, you just you just saw Wesley Snipes just give up in the oh, court, it, it, on screen. You're just like, mm, yeah. But I, I like don't the care. other characters. They get to fight with them. Yeah, you know. But fair. Dominic Purcell's Dracula was just like, oh, I don't know mm. about that. Uh, coming in number two, uh, a huge disappointing film that uh, I felt like just started spelling a doom for the DC universe. That was Green Lantern back in 2011, $53.1 million. Dude, you can also, there's a director's cut of this that you can get. Uh, have you seen it? 
Uh, but no. maybe that makes it better? No, you can't. I think it's only like a couple <laughs> minutes longer. So I can't. It's not like huge. Like if you add like an extra 20 minutes, then maybe it shapes the oh, movie different yeah. for me. But like two minutes, I'm like, oh, that's what am I me. seeing? I don't know. A lot can happen in two minutes. True. Mm. You should watch it and let us know. Yeah. Oh, what a treat. That movie was so disappointing. I was so pumped. It was like, all right, great. We're going to see Green Lantern. And all was was everybody. I still like it. But it was everybody. Like, Hal Jordan is, you know, I mean, he's. He, was, he got the Green Lantern ring because he was a man without fear. He, could, he had yeah. the ability to overcome fear. And all it was was everybody else telling Hal Jordan, like, oh, you're, hey, you're great. You're great, Hal. You remember, you're great. Like, he knows this. He already knows this. He's supposed to. That movie made me sad. <laughs> uh, coming in number one uh, for Brian Reynolds' top five non-Deadpool box office opening weekend films. But that is Deadpool. True. Old OG Deadpool. <laughs> X-Men Origins Ugh. Wolverine back in 2009. $85 million. I do appreciate Ooh. that uh, post-credit scene for Deadpool where they address Green Lantern and this Deadpool. Yeah. Mm. That's... Um, that. Totally not on the list, but Ryan Reynolds' deep cut. Have you guys seen The Nines? No. No. It's really good and bizarre, and the less I explain, the better. But he's uh, in it, and it's really cool. Yeah, Anybody that- else seen The Nines? Leave a comment down below. Yeah, the X Men uh, X Men Origins. That was just like with Will I Am. Is that oh? It was hey. Just, yeah, but it was just like I don't know why. Yeah, there's so many other rich other than we what we brought uh, Taylor uh, whatever his name is uh, as Gambit. Uh, yeah, Friday that was bad. Lights, John Carter, mm-hmm. Taylor, whatever his name is. I'm not lying. Yeah, not lying. Yeah, I was all nope, not that one. No. Uh, yes, but they but he was disappointing as Gambit. Ooh. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah, actually, the one thing I thought I didn't think was bad in there was um, uh, Liev Schreiber as Sabretooth. I liked him. Yeah, no, you did great. Yeah, um, everything else is just rough. Neela J points out, I like Just Friends. I'm like, yeah, Just Friends was a good rom com, and Waiting. Look at this. I, I, Brie was kind enough to pull up the, a photo of Ryan Reynolds from yeah. Wolverine Origins at the end, where uh, through the Weapon X program, they strike her just makes sure his mouth is sealed. Ugh, just mm-hmm. just the pits when he came out. Like, when that happened in the film, you're like. That is not Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool yeah. still has his mouth. I don't understand what you're it's doing. It's like he's a wise crack talker all the time. He doesn't shut up. Yeah, he's the so. one with the mouth. That's what the, that's what his thing is. Yep. <laughs> oh, what a rough movie. Uh, so, folks, before we get into our uh, spoiler-filled takes, uh, furthermore, for Avengers Endgame and then the long shot, we're going to do our top five for next week, as well as run out our box office bet. Uh, if you're just uh, jumping in, we're doing our box office bet on four films. Pick the one that you'd like us to do the bet on. The Hustle, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Palms, and Tolkien. So, with those four films adding into our already, uh, yeah, I mean, top five here. Do you see, first of all, do you see any of them taking number one? No. Detective Pikachu. You think that's going to knock off Avengers? No, I think Avengers, even if, but the problem is, it would drop another hundred, uh, another 50% would still be relatively high. So maybe not. It's but uh, it's one that's a you get all Pokemon is a big franchise. So even if it's a live action version, people have been very excited about the trailers so far, or at least very curious. I would say not even people that grew up playing Pokemon, Pokemon Go people like nowadays me. too. Yeah. Well, I've never played anything. I know part of the song because it's just kind of like been out there like. Gotta catch them all. Um, but yeah, so like I really am pumped for Detective Pikachu. And right. I wasn't at first. Cool. So. Okay. So there's people like us out there. Hey. So uh, yeah. do you? So you uh, are both of you putting that at number one? I'm not. Okay. No. I, I don't think it'll be number one, though. 
Yeah, I think it'll be second. So it'll be Endgame, then Detective Pikachu, then... Um, then... The Hustle. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. Yeah. And then... I mean... I think the intruder will stick around. Yeah, the intruder and then palms. Mm, I, I agree with you, Amy. I I will put long shot in instead of palms. All right. I just don't know how great that's going to be. Okay. All right. Uh, so, folks, that is our uh, top five there. And this then one. also, real quick before we do that, wanted to promote a movie that's in theaters today. Because I was like, I know we did our list. But I was like, oh, yes. Uh, Code Geass. It's uh, Lelouch of the Resurrection. It's a after the Code Geass series. It's an anime. Uh, just came to theaters today. Uh, it's really cool. If you've never watched the series, like myself, you can still enjoy the movie. And if you really want to binge watch the seasons, uh, the shows on Netflix, that so you can go binge it beforehand. But um, outer space robots and fighting and essentially sort of superpowers. Nice. Good way to describe it. There we go. All right. So, folks, uh, it is time for the box office bet. I know you've been voting away busily. Busily there in the chat. Yes. Uh, Carrie, what does it look like? The uh, our uh, our lucky film that we'll be doing our box office. I don't know. It's looking be. close between Hustle and Palms. Oh my! So what? What are we thinking? Everybody, let us know which one you want us to vote on for the amount. Uh, oh wait, nope. Seeing a lot of Detective Pikachu. Um, what you all thinking? Where's a Where's a good Ken Jack uh, summation when we need one? Hustle and Palm sounds like a movie title in itself. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Hustle and Palm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or a song. All right, Carrie. 30 seconds left. Or, or, I'm seconds. Maybe. What do we got? Ah. Uh, Palms wins the bet three to two. All right. Palms. Or th- with three, two detective and one for Hustle. Palms. All right. Oh, uh, so we super said fifth. Yeah. I didn't say it even make that much. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we're going back old school with this betting. It's just the three of us. All right. There we go. I know Diane Keaton's in this film. Yes. It looks cute. Mm, All right. Uh, Okay. What's what's the last? So, folks, the box office bet is we're all going to place our bet on what we think the opening box office total for the Palms will be. The person who's closest will get prognosticator prognosticators like Amy is this week. And the loser will have to go see that film and tell you all about it, like I did with Longshot. Yeah. All right. So, hold on one second. Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, uh, and actually, while you guys are still thinking, too, somebody mentioned Studio Ghibli in the chat. The other thing is Fathom Events is doing a lot of screenings lately of upcoming um, Studio Ghibli films in theaters. Ah, Bree makes an excellent point for Palms. It is Mother's Day weekend next weekend, and that my mom wants to see it, and that is our plan. That's too late. It's all, all right. Uh, Bree chimed in with $10 million bet. We've already locked in. Bree joining us to the power of type. She's yes. at $10 million. All right. That's great. I'll put her in the mix. Ken Jack says $9.5. Uh, Jenna James says $10 million. GDS says $8.9. Philly Prince says $10 million. All right. Amy Cassandra Martinez. Crap. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Amy? Six. Six. Ooh. I love it. All right, I Carrie. I love it. I got 8.5. 8.5? I was almost thinking that. Uh, CC Drinks says 10.5. I was, I was, the 8.5 was very tempting to me. Mm. Uh, ultimately, though, I decided to drop down, and I did seven. 
Yes. Yes, yes, You are yes. safe there in the middle. Ah, baby! Well, actually, we're both kind of safe. Yes. Depending on that's how great, far guys. it goes. That's, that's great. That's, You're welcome. I love okay. it. I love it. I love it. Uh, fantastic. A palms-free weekend for me. Ah, fantastic. I actually, like, I do want to watch it. Okay, great. I just don't want to lose. Okay. Uh, folks, uh, we're going to do our uh, little, we have very little time. Rapid left, but fire. We'll, we'll be rapid fire kind of spoiler takes on Avenger Endgame, Avengers Endgame and the long shot. But if you're ready to duck out and miss those little comments, find, feel free to uh, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Two, three, four. And if you're watching after we've streamed live, Carrie, what can they do? Yes, you can comment down below. And if you want to stay in touch with any of us, even after the show's over, Amy Cassandra, where can they find you? You guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. Nailed it. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K A R I D L A N E. And also, Spanish Princess is starting tonight. It's a star show. And then, anime show that I'm on as well. We're starting Madoka Magica and Attack on Titan very soon. Fantastic. Follow me on the Twittergrams, folk, at, folks, folk. at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, well, for those of you that aren't joining us for some spoilers, we'll see you next week here on Box Office Breakdown. Cutting to the spoilers in three. Spoiler alert! Yes. Two. Spoiler. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! All right, so real quick, Avengers Endgame, I've seen it a couple more times, and man, wow. you know, it is... The more I watch it, the less... The more frustrated I get with that film. What the oh. heck? Yes. I mean, there's... It is a film I think that if you you should only watch it once and then never watch it again. And what? let the let the emotion that you feel during cuz I feel like that film relies a lot on emotion yeah. to carry you through that film. And then if you step and you think about things, that film falls apart. Such as I don't think so. All right, break it down here for me. There's one thing that's been just eating away at me. Go for it. So Nebula goes back to 2014. Yeah. She's there with Rhodey. They've yeah. got, in each of them, everybody that's going back in time has got two canisters of pin particles. Yes. One to right. get them there, one to get them back. Yes. yes. Perfect. Nebula gets a switcheroo. Yeah. The 2014 yeah. person take, version takes the place of 2019. But she gives that button canister of pin particles to Thanos. So how does she get back in 2019? They have. No. How does she get back? She takes it from no. Thanos somehow. No, no, she doesn't. She gives the she gives the vial to him and says, I, "I'm out." And then she so she keeps the quantum thing, but how does she get back? She has no pin particles to fuel it. Also, how does Thanos get back? Because he doesn't have the quantum thing. So how does he get to, how does he get synced in to go? Um, uh, what's his uh, Nebula does it. Nebula, she does stuff and somehow. No, great. That's a great answer. Yeah, that's good enough for me. Well, no, because she, she needs something his... to enter the quantum realm. Don't some of his little minion people have magic abilities so we could throw magic in there? Wait, the show. Sure. Okay. Hey, but, come on. But, it helps. Mm, but that still doesn't explain how Nebula gets Fair. back. She has no way to get back to 2019. I feel like the film is more about the whole thing. And if you're focusing on like, but that one thing. Ah, like, no, but that's a good point. I didn't notice, but that's an excellent point. I don't like for me, I'm purposely like I'm having such a hard time actually trying to watch it again because of the last scene. And it's literally I'm still here and I'm like, ah. all right. And Breeze typing in the chat. Also, Cap should. Shouldn't. <laughs> exist. In their but you know what he's f- technically line. then a parallel timeline person I would say they even the directors and the writers they disagree in terms of what has happened with Cap okay yes the writer uh, the directors the Russo brothers yes. believe that he went to an alternate timeline and then at the end of the film he jumps back in the writers believe nope nope he just went back in and he and didn't lived. do anything and just stayed concurrent yeah. with that timeline that's what I believe I don't, well one if he used the quantum realm and he yes. went to a parallel timeline. 
how does he get back to this one? Because the only way to get in and out of the quantum realm is through that quantum realm porter. So okay. I feel like you have to discount that version. So then if he lived in their timeline, how would he not exist? For me, I, I, he should, that, that's what bothers me about it, is that Cap would just sit there and be such a passive person in that time stream. He had to for but everything else go, to go the way it should. But I feel like he would have he would have branched off into a parallel. He would have. There's no way that Cap is going to be sitting there. That, uh, it's possible. But wait, Cap would I do guess that for the good of the world. Is How's it, it that timeline of, of a law a line, or is it all exist at the same time? Because that's that also makes a difference. Because if it's in a line and he goes back and changes it, wouldn't that change everything he's done thereafter? But if you exist, if you believe they all exist at the same time, even if he goes back to that time. It wouldn't change anything he did thereafter because that has already happened. Yeah. But that means he's shunted off into a parallel timeline. Which then, how does he then get back into... Because he needs to come in through the quantum realm to teleport. I feel like he can do anything. Mm -hmm. There you go. It's It's just... It it is frustrating. Uh, Real quick, the long shot. Eh, it's, it's, It's okay. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm burnt out on on romantic comedies because it it just... Just the... Just the, the basic tropes of a romantic comedy, yeah. where it's the mute cute, the, the getting to know each other, falling in love, then some external conflict that comes in to break them apart, and then they all have got to realize, like, wait, no, I really do love this person, yeah. and I'm going to, you know, more than this other thing I'm supposed to care about. Mm. And then they step up, and that's just this film, and I'm just like, ugh. Um, I, I, Go ahead. Well, I just feel like with rom-coms, yeah, I feel like we haven't had a really, really good quality rom-com in a very long time, but that kind of just comes down to writing. I mean, we don't have Nora Ephron anymore. And, like, directing as well. You know, the way that rom-coms were done back then in the 80s and 90s and, heck, even early 2000s, the script had a lot to do with it. So if you have, like, one that's super boring and super, like, cookie-cutter, it's going to be hard. Um, You're going to hate what I'm about to say. But To All the Boys I've Loved Before was a nice little variation where... You got younger generations interested in rom-coms that wasn't stupid or cheesy. So I'm like, well, good. There's going to be a sequel to that, so I'm curious to see exactly how that goes. Um, yeah, because there have been plenty of really sucky rom-coms that they're like, oh, well, we tried. Like, well, you tried. That's great. I thought uh, Charlize Theron's character, I enjoyed her and I uh, enjoyed what she was getting involved in her Secretary of State. Seth Rogen's character, he plays a uh, reporter for like a, like a really indie newspaper yeah. in Brooklyn that ends up getting bought out by a big media conglomerate. And so he quits because he's like, no way, these, these Wembley people that are just like, they're you know, pretty much just playing to like a, like a Fox News kind of deal. Like, he bought our paper. They're, you know, they're screwing around with everybody's lives. I mm. can't be involved with that. And then they, they meet cute and all this other stuff. But I, I felt, there's something with Seth Rogen for me that it's just... I feel like I'm on a, a downward slope with Seth Rogen and enjoying him in films. Hmm. I feel like I want to see him do something different than just be like the goofy, every guy, every day kind of stoner dude. Do you have somebody else you would have cast in his role that you would have liked the movie better? I don't, I don't, I, I, or would I rather that have would have helped? seen. Because I wanted Seth's character to be smarter, to mm. get involved with somebody the Secretary of State. And it's set up that he's a great reporter. His writing is fantastic. Yeah. He cares about a lot of issues. That seem to uh, coincide with Charlize Theron's character, but anytime they they start talking about that, and they have there's a conflict about like, oh, how much of this can I maintain as opposed to all these external political forces that are right. trying to change this, and he just he just can't really keep up and talk. And I was like, you're you're supposed to be knowledgeable and passionate about this. Speak to it intelligently. Mm. I feel even a few years ago that would have been fine, but it's 2019 and it's not as 
like maybe we're not, over that joke. We're over that joke, and it's like okay, like we can all do better. Let's not be stuck in this old way of thinking. Yeah. So maybe they should have gone like ride the wave of what everyone is thinking nowadays. Uh, the where do um, GBS says Seth plays the same guy in every movie. It is. There's the scene where he goes through security, and it's like. Well, uh, uh, this is for medicinal purposes. Oh, and this is really this. And it's just a, a, an overhead shot of just like a bunch of different drug paraphernalia being laid out. I'm like, oh, man, okay, great. And it's not as funny now, too, of like, okay, it's legal, whatever, nobody cares the same yeah. way. Yeah. It's not, or at least people don't care the same way. I feel like there's, yeah, there's a big lack of uh, originality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's work on it, everyone. All right. Yeah. Words to Live By by Amy <laughs> Cassandra Martinez. Folks. You're welcome. Uh, that's our little spoiler-filled takes more on Avengers Endgame. Time rat flies by. I have so many more right. thoughts about Avengers Endgame. I guess next week we next can really dive into it because the it. social media embargo is going to be leave, yes. lifted for spoilers. Folks, thanks again for joining us here. We'll see you back here next Sunday night for another episode of Box Office Breakdown right here on Popcorn Talk. Go see some movies! Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.